Hello. People's varying states of misinformation can be quite bothersome. Not in a way that heaps judgment or cruelty or disdainful feelings on their brows from others, or in such a fashion that they are caused to feel inferior. For that flies in the face of the purpose of exploring silence. But it is imperative, however, to remain informed about the vagaries of living. Think about it. Situations of life have myriad facets, innumerable even to the multitude of infinities that we possess. It is impossible to merely isolate two or one or none of the sides a circumstance can show to point to it and proclaim that therein lies the answer to completely and fully unlocking the situation's mysteries. That attitude provides an incomplete, and to the mind of the scientist and the writer, a catastrophically hideous viewpoint of anything the world proffers to our eyes. Regardless of whether we search for them or not, our existence throws a stunning variety of situations our way that blend shades of gray. It is our responsibility to cut deeper into them than whatever their first appearances may suggest, and truly know them for what they are and what we want them to be. We often claim that we know about the atrocities, and the issues that weave cracks deep within the fabric of our world. We say that we are fully and completely aware of the plight of those in Syria, or the fact that people are starving and bleeding and perishing throughout Africa, or even that there are other people in the world besides our gnashing, squawking selves. And maybe we're right. Maybe we are utterly aware of a situation. But there is a difference between being aware of something and knowing the precise color of its innards, the exact wording of its most secret mysteries. That sort of knowledge is the type strived for by poets and physicists and those who leave a mark on the world and who the world leaves a mark on. It is the kind of twining, twisting breed of knowing that enables the bearer to make an informed decision that may shape the world to their needs and wants. If someone casually mentions a Syrian refugee in a school paper, or donates a hundred dollars to a charity concentrated on helping starving children in sub-Saharan Africa, they are by no means an expert on the subject, 
and not by any stretch of the imagination steeped in the degree of knowledge required to truly grasp a situation with the coherence and decision-making ability that is sought in silence. This is certainly not to belittle the valiant strides made by those who donate money, or to criticize those who have enough awareness of the world to capture some corner of it in words, for those practices are the beginning of true understanding and appreciation of the varying sides of any given situation. But prescribing to the poet and physicist method of wanting to know more, to understand more, simply declaring that the idea of a fellow human being in want of food is a horror and sending money to help remedy that hurt is not enough. Why are they in need of food? Is it because their land has suffered a blight that makes it unfarmable? Because there's war ravaging their country and destroying the fields that once brought them life? Because there's simply not enough money circulating within their country and they're starved economically as well as physically? The possibilities pile one on top of the other like dominoes. And with a reason for the heartache, and with each subsequent layer of knowledge that is accrued, the picture becomes just that much clearer, that much more impactful. One can see the root of the problem, and the humanity in a solid mass of arms and legs and fearful eyes, and some red thread connecting one's own life to that of someone halfway across the globe. And one can revel in just how incredible it is that they are seeing deeper into the world than the eyes of the common man, that they are becoming true visionaries who peel back the layers of life to roads less traveled. And from there... It is incredible to think what connections can be made, what goals and aspirations can be realized, and what solutions can be formatted. But all these benefits of thinking deeper, of knowing situation, instead of simply being aware and casually helping, they cannot materialize out of nothing. One must find the silence and the calm and the patience necessary to delve into the truth and the sting and the pleasure of all matters, which is much harder to do than uncovering the simple who and the what and the when and the where and the why of a situation. But... As the poet and the physicist both know from their delving and scraping and exploring work that forces the world to divulge its secrets, that method is the most rewarding to one's own mind and the well-being of others. This idea of peeling back layers, of poking at and learning about instead of merely being in the same room as 
of connecting and wondering about how this development can help oneself as well as others is why I have chosen today's poem, Fawn's Head by Arthur Rambo. In the foliage, a green jewel box spotted with gold, in the uncertain foliage covered with magnificent flowers, where sleeps the kiss, alive and breaking through the exquisite tapestry. A terrified fawn shows his two eyes and bites the red, the red flowers with his white teeth stained and reddened like old wine. His lips burst in laughter under the branches. And when he is fled like a squirrel, his laughter still trembles on each leaf. And we can see, frightened by a bullfinch, the golden kiss of the wood as it meditates. Fawn's head is a great mass of the unidentifiable gray that is the most common currency of life. There is that golden kiss of the wood meditating and sleeping in a green jewel box covered by flowers, those age-old symbols of light and life. Yet existing abreast of that idyllic scene are the ominous eyes of the terrified fawn his teeth stained and reddened like old wine. The forest in this poem is not a place that can easily be forced into one mold, one idea, one perception. It cannot be simply known of. It demands to be understood, to be scrutinized, to be examined for every last detail. There are conflicting sides to this story of a fawn and his white teeth, sides whose potency and worldly reverberations can only be realized through seconds and minutes and longer stretches of time devoted to silence and nothing else to the benefit of the mind and understanding and nothing more. If one stanza is taken without the others, it only provides one side of the forest scene, and be it vaguely disquieting or fully enjoyable, neither of the two can be truly fulfilling and complete without the other side, the other emotion. So take a single, simple, silent moment to think and to peel away, and to understand and scrutinize in place of simple awareness and a half-realized desire to help. What, precisely, does the fawn's head mean to you? Questions? Comments? Concerns? Contact me at Explore. Silence.podcast at gmail.com. 
And please, if you feel that this twice-monthly podcast made a modicum of difference in your mind for a fraction of a second, share it with someone. A friend, a neighbor, a stranger passing by. Anyone is fair game. Thank you.